Well, I can tell you people were flipping out in the press box, too. Namely you? Yeah. <laughs> just be, come on! Christmas cookie draft, because there's one thing we both know, and that's eating sweets. I feel good about this one. I'm taking peanut butter cookie oh! number one. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> ah! Yes. Oh, that's tough. Welcome into the lounge. I am Ryan Mink. And I'm Garrett Downing. And the Ravens are coming off a dominant, commanding, never in doubt, another one of those wins, right? Just like I said at the end of our Zachary Orr <laughs> podcast, a big, big win. Never had a doubt. Yeah. Never in doubt. That was one you could just turn off the game in the fourth quarter, relax, take yeah. it easy. Finally, had my game story written in the third. <laughs> it was perfect. Something no, like, actually, the Ravens saw the life, their life flash before our eyes. Right. I'm sitting here doing a bunch of 10 Hail Marys in the press box. I went, so I go down to do the interview on the field, and I went down maybe about three minutes left in the game. And at that point, the Eagles, I think, had the ball, and they were driving, and I'm like, whatever. Even if they get a field goal here, Ravens still get the ball back. They can take some time down. All of a sudden, I'm just, like, standing down there, and I'm like, the season's really going to end. The season is literally going to come to an end. You know, they kick the ball away, and then they come march all the way down the field. It was just like, it was kind of shock. It really was. And I think a lot of the players felt that too. Was it silent on the sidelines or were people flipping out? They were flipping out. <laughs> they, were, they were flipping out, yeah. It was weird. It was just, it was weird. I, I, yeah. Well, I can tell you people were flipping out in the press box too. Namely you? Yeah. <laughs> just be, come on! Jeez. All right, so how much better would you have felt though? If the Ravens, if Joe Flacco hadn't thrown that interception, let's say they run the ball instead of throwing it there, which I think we can both agree was probably not the best right. idea. You're talking about when there's six and a half minutes left. Right. You're up 10. At their 11-yard right. line. If they first just run 10. the ball, either kick a field goal or score a touchdown, you take either a 13 or 17-point lead. How much better do you feel today right. if they did that as opposed to the other? Because then you probably end up winning the game by two scores right. you know, or by seven or something right. like that. I mean, if it's night and day. It is totally night and day. You think you'd be feeling like, oh, yeah, Ravens, here we go, playoff time, bingo, yeah. bango. Yeah, I think a lot of people, probably myself included, you're feeling like, all right, pretty convincing win over the Eagles. Offense had some big plays, running game got going. Um, I think you're feeling like, all right, things are starting to kind of turn here. Now, two of the last three games, the offense has put up over 30 points because they did it against the Dolphins. And then you're saying, ah, oh, well, things just kind of got away from them in New England, tough road game. But now, you know, they played – Two really good offensive games. That's what you would be saying. I think I would obviously be feeling a lot better, but I would still have some reservations about that. Namely, you know, the run defense getting run on the way they did was surprising. That that would alarm me. <laughs> Either way, going in to face Le'Veon Bell and the Pittsburgh Steelers next, that would concern me. And you know, Jimmy Smith, we're still not sure about his status going into the Steelers game. So, no matter what would have happened offensively, I still would have. I would still be kind of scared of the Pittsburgh offense. Well, I agree. I'm not saying that had they won yesterday more convincingly that I would be like, oh, man, here we go. Going into Pittsburgh, go ahead, size up the Super Bowl rings right now. I'm ready for it. I, I wouldn't be going that like far. Like we were saying after the Miami game? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't be going that far. But I would be feeling more confident, and I guess I would just – I would be – it was a weird locker room after the game last night. Like, players were out of there in a hurry. Um, it didn't feel like all that celebratory. Eric felt, Weddle didn't give his big, like, whoo! There's none of that despite the win. Yeah, it, it was more of like a – I feel like the atmosphere in the locker room after the game was like that was way closer than it needed to be. 
and I can't believe that it got to that point, and I am relieved yes. that we got out of there with a win. Honestly, it was, like I said, it was like the Ravens' life flashed before their eyes. It's, it's kind of like you go bungee jumping, right, and, <laughs> and you almost die, right? Well, you're probably not going to go bungee jumping the next day. You know, you're, you're thankful you're alive, but you're going to play it safe from here on out. The only problem is the Ravens can't play it safe. They got to go to Pittsburgh and win the toughest game of the season, arguably, again, you know, that or the Patriots. But it, it's just, yeah, I, I think that that kind of shook them a little bit. Now, I don't think that that's going to affect the game in Pittsburgh. I think anytime you have Ravens Steelers, that game. They're going to be amped for that. It game. trumps everything else. Yeah, exactly. What did you what would, what did you make of the whole decision to pass? Then Joe runs the play. He said afterwards, you know, when the play call comes in, he kind of feels like, all right, okay, I feel like I'm going to get my third touchdown today. Marty's giving me one here. I like this. Right. What did you make of that whole thing? Well, I didn't think it was a particularly great quote by Joe. <laughs> you know, I don't think uh, that came off very well. The, the funny thing is, he, here's the situation: is I think Joe was happy to get the win and. He came into a press conference where media members were feeling like or acting like it was a loss, right? They were like really almost like angry, upset or whatever, like looking to drop the hammer basically on that decision. And Joe comes in here and makes light of it. And it just wasn't he's thinking he's going to get high fives for the great <laughs> joke, you know, and it just hey, it got crickets. It was like me telling a joke, you know, you, just, you think this oh this one's going to hit, you know, and then you get nothing. That's, it was like to my life, Joe. It was like you telling uh, knock-knock jokes to Timmy Jernigan. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly <laughs> like that. Welcome to my life, Joe. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's why it didn't come off that well. Do I think, like, that's something to be concerned about or that, like, whatever, Joe, you know, is more about his stats or fantasy stats than, than winning? No, of course. I think, like, the reaction to it has been a little bit overblown, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I just think that uh, when you look at back at that, man, I, John Harbaugh said it, worst all-time play call. Yeah, and that's one that you just you just need to run it there. Everyone, it was a bad one. Yeah, worst all time. Eh, really bad one. Yeah, I like what yes. Steve, I like what Steve Smith <laughs> said. He's like, I watched a lot of football in my life. I played a lot of football in my life. Worst ever. I've seen some bad ones. Well, that's 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 Harv's thing now. You know, Perryman was the slowest healing PCL of all time. You know, it's the right. all time quote. You know, right. that's, that's his go to now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right. So, moving forward, I guess, are you? The weird thing is, is the way the run defense played been so good yeah. all season long. Are you and they basically ran that stretch zone and and the answer from everybody after the game because we were all asking why did the run defense get gashed like that? Yeah. And the answer from everybody was well they ran that stretch zone they schemed us up well it was a scheme mm-hmm. thing. So are you worried now that the run defense is broken? I am a little bit concerned about the run defense uh, going into Pittsburgh because I, I don't I kind of saw some. I would say chinks in the armor in the New England game. I thought LeGarrette Blunt ran the ball better than I anticipated that he was going to be able to in that game. Um, now, he, I think he had 70-some yards, so I want to say yeah. 79 yards, uh, which is not paltry. It wasn't like he got stuffed by any means. And the Steelers found success sticking with that run game throughout the contest. You put the Patriots, you're uh, saying? I'm sorry, the Patriots yeah. said yes. Um, and so... Now, then seeing this, especially when the Eagles were playing with two reserve offensive linemen, they had a rookie guard playing right tackle. They had another injury on their offensive line at guard, another backup at guard. Um, so you have that. You don't have Darren Sproles at running back. Ryan Matthews, I think he's a good player when he's been healthy, but, right. you know, he's not like Le'Veon Bell. Right. He's not Le'Veon Bell. And so 
that concerns me a little bit. I, I, I don't know whether the defense is just getting a little bit t- more tired late in the year, whether they've, uh, you know, opponents have found something in the scheme to kind of get them moving a little bit more. I mean, obviously, the, the, the strength of the Ravens' run defense is Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce, the two big guys in the middle. And if you force those guys to move laterally, that's tougher yeah, for the Ravens. It is. I'm actually not all, all that worried about it. I look at it, how many games have been played? 14 games yep. played, right? And really what you're talking about is one really bad showing. I think Zeke Elliott went over 100, yeah. I think. But that was more of like a, over the course of the game. It's not like he was nearly having as much success as Ryan Matthews was in, that, in yes. that game. So for the most part, you played 14. I'll go ahead and say 12 of those 14. The run defense was pretty dominant. Not just it was, it was good, but it was mm-hmm. pretty much dominant. So I'm gonna side with the 12, and I and look, I get it. Like hey, it was weird. It's, it's the it, it, the thing is the latest trend. Yeah, it was it was weird. Too. Like when I'm sitting there watching it, I'm like, where is Tim Jernigan or where is right. Brandon? What what's going on here? Right, like right. what's happening? Right. And it was weird, but uh, I'm not. I, I still think they're gonna be able to stop the run against the Steelers because the other thing too is, and now this is two football novices here talking about the X's and O's, but enough of the people said it was a scheme thing. They schemed us up. They schemed us up. That it looked like the Eagles were doing something that either confused them or they weren't expecting. Well, Harbs also said that the Steelers they could run the same scheme this week. I know, but the Ravens have had enough success at stopping the run against the Steelers. Yes. That, that's you my think thing. that they understand their scheme. That's my point. Yeah, right. that they faced them and they've done a good job stopping Le'Veon Bell and keeping him from going off that I feel like they're going to be able to do that. Right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. You know, one of us is going to be really crowing here next week. Back I hope it's me that you're not over here I talking mean, about how, so <laughs> how great of a game Le'Veon Bell so, had. So speaking of the run game, the Ravens' run game had one of its, its best day of the season. Career high. Yeah. Over 150 combined yards. Do you think the Ravens – is this finally the Ravens' running <laughs> offense? Is this what we're going to get? Do the Ravens need to keep running the ball? You're going with the old run the ball more? I think, were you the guy in the stands that kept yelling out, (laughs) Marty, run the ball! That was you, wasn't it? That wasn't me. (laughs) There was that guy who was heard loud and clear throughout the game. Yeah, he was sitting right in front of the press box, and he made his voice, his voice, he had one of those booming voices. They probably could have heard it down on the field. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've said it a million times here, here that I'm not a big run the ball guy, and I don't think that you need to have a good running game to be a really good offense in the NFL. Okay, so we start there. <laughs> We're pretty much on the same page with that, yes. right? But here's my thing with, with the running game is what I've always said is you have to be able to run the ball and use it in situations where you need to either kill time, um, where you need to minimize risks for whatever reason, the weather being a factor, um, just take time off the clock being a big one, that you need to use it in those situations. I don't think that the Ravens have done a good enough job of employing it in those spots. And I would add to that, it needs to be a good enough complement to the pass game where the pass game just isn't all by itself. I mean, if you're the Miami game was an anomaly in, in how much success they were able to have passing without running it hardly at all. Uh-huh. Usually, you have to at least have a good complement to the passing game or pass rushers just start teeing off on you. Where it gets lost in translation is when you start having the conversation of run the ball more, run the ball more, and then people think you just need to, to, to tip the scales. Right. So then all of a sudden, okay, run on first down, got the run taken care of, you got two yards on that, let's move on to the next thing. I think the pass sets up the run, but you just have to utilize it effectively. And that's what, that that yeah. is where I, you know, in Sunday's game, I felt like the Ravens missed opportunities to do that. You know, everyone's talking about that play 
in the fourth quarter where they decided to pass instead of run the ball. I actually was saying it earlier in the game when they were throwing the ball and the weather, the wind was swirling, it was raining, and Joe ended up getting a strip sack. Yeah, that was the worst of the weather on the day. Yeah, Yeah, it it was really bad. They get the strip sack, and then the Eagles end up getting a touchdown, get a two-point conversion, really spotted them eight points there. So I think in those situations where you – the, the passing game, it doesn't look like it's either going to work or it's not really smart in that situation given the time and the score. Run the ball there. Yeah. Usually when we hear calls for the Ravens needing to run the ball more, we look at it and you can go by, through the play-by-play and say, all right, let's look at all the situations where they could have done it. And usually there's like three or four that maybe come out. Yeah. Or even less Less. A lot of times it's like two. Right. And you're like, okay, in that situation, yeah, that would have been one. And I think the, the Ravens absolutely do that. And Harbs even talks about it often on Mondays. So yeah. It's like, I went through it and there were a couple calls that I didn't, don't agree with now. Yeah. But that's going to happen. Like, not every call is going to be perfect or whatever. But I think what makes this game, the Eagles game, really stand out in regards to that is the worst possible scenario happened in both of those situations yeah. where you should have been running the ball. Mm-hmm. You get strip sack on one, and the other one, it's not like Joe dropped back and threw an incomplete pass, and then everybody's like, man, they should have ran the ball there. You didn't waste any time. You didn't run any time off the clock. Mm-hmm. No, he dropped back and got picked. Yeah. So it was like the worst possible outcome, and that's what I think highlighted, you know, the, the bad call there. Yeah, and I think I guess the point that I was trying to make is so often you'll have a game where it's a one-sided score. Oh, the Ravens lost, whatever, 28-14, to 14, and they only ran the ball 10 times in that game. Run the ball more, run the ball more, right. run the ball that, more. That would, that's the automatic answer for And it's win. like, well, the right. reason that they threw the ball so much is either because they were down or, or, or because the run was going nowhere. I just don't think that it's a tip-the-scales kind of right. thing. It's a use-it-effectively based on the game situation. Yes. And, and in summary, though, I, I will add this. I think overall, for really stepping back, do I think that the Ravens have been a little under- Underutilized the run game? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I would say yes to that in general. But it's so nuanced in game to game that it's really hard. Yeah. You know? um, all right, so moving on. We didn't read an email off the top. And we got some good ones. We've got some really good ones. For, well, we had to wait on this one just because it's going to set up our next segment here. Yes. Uh, but first. But first, we got a great email over the weekend, and we just want to give a shout-out to our guy, Logan Fisher-Walsh. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, Logan's great. He's a listener, a loyal listener, and we're happy to have him as somebody who listens to the podcast. So, shout-out to Logan. Uh, under, uh, we, what we understand here is that Logan's, like, telling some of our jokes. He likes the podcast. So, Logan, you know, we love you, buddy, but don't tell Garrett's jokes, <laughs> all right? And don't, you know what, Logan... Don't even tell my jokes. Right. You know, you can do better. I'm sure Logan has way better jokes than we do. That's not saying much. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, but we really appreciate you listening, Logan. Thank you very much, buddy. And then another email. This one's from Daniel Broyles, and this is one of the better emails we've gotten. So this goes back to the Thanksgiving Day draft, Thanksgiving meal draft that we had. If you haven't listened to that one, you're going to have to go back and listen to that podcast. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we did a draft. So Daniel is writing a about that draft, he says, Garrett, few times in the expansive history of mankind has there been a greater display of stubborn pride than Mink's indefensible unwillingness to acknowledge his Thanksgiving Day draft was a failure. Help out your stubborn friend by giving him a chance at redemption. Christmas draft. Here we go. Here, I like it. All right, so here's the, <laughs> we started kicking around ideas in terms of how we want to do this Christmas draft. Yep. And we come to a conclusion of Christmas cookie draft. But let me just, we'll jump into that. Yeah. Let me just say this. One of the other ideas that we had was doing a Christmas movie draft. Yeah, and, I, don't know, I don't know him well enough. And Mink doesn't know Christmas movies well enough. He literally asked, what happens in Home Alone 2? And I said, he gets lost in New York. And he goes, yeah, I didn't know that was the premise there. I'm like, dude, the movie is called Home Alone 2, Lost <laughs> in New York. 
Yeah, I had no idea. So that is why we're not doing a Christmas movie draft. You know what I remember from Home Alone is when he walks to the door and the flamethrower thing yes. lights his hat on fire. And when, oh God, when the guy steps on the nail, oh, yeah. it still gives me the heebie-jeebies. Have you seen, <laughs> have you seen Christmas Story? Yeah. Have you seen It's a Wonderful Life? That's, Christmas Story is the one where he's changing the tire and he goes, slow moan, he says the curse word. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Christmas Story. Yeah, it's Christmas, Christmas Story. Vacation? I don't know. I, I, oh, I don't know what he I, right. for that one. Okay, then. <laughs> Chevy Chase? Yeah, I love Chevy Chase. Yeah, all those. The National Lampoon Vacation. Those yeah. are great. I don't know the Christmas one. <laughs> it's the biggest one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. All right. Christmas cookie draft, because there's one thing we both know, and that's eating sweets. Yep. All right. Rattle them off. No, no. All right, first. Here's all, all the choices. Gingerbread cookie, Pfeffernus, sugar cookie with sprinkles, Pizzelle, like the Italian cookie, mm-hmm. peanut butter cookie, Chocolate chip cookie, Hershey Kiss in the middle cookie. You know, it's pressed down in there. Exactly. Yeah, yep. I don't know what it's called, but it's the Hershey Kiss is pressed down. Right. And last is a curveball, a candy cane. <laughs> right. Not a cookie, but that falls into right. that category. Sure. It's a dessert. Uh, and how are we gonna first pick? We're doing rock paper scissors. Here? Yeah, rock paper right. scissors. Rock, best paper, of one. Best of one. Rock paper scissors. Shoot. Ah! Oh yes. Ah! Best pick. Oh, all right. Here we go. This is your stuff. First pick. All, pick. all right. I've stacked the board. And I feel good about this one. I'm taking peanut butter cookie oh, number one. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's tough. That's a tough one. Wow, you had that number one on your board, I too? I did. I did have that number one on my board. You know I love peanut butter. God. Oh, that's brutal. I'm sorry, I'm strong. Here he goes. A collapse. Right. I'm going to a classic, classic chocolate chip cookie. Dip it in the milk. All right. Yeah. See, that was like my turkey pick right there. Just the bread and butter. Yeah, that was a good one. That was safe. <laughs> yeah. That was safe. That chocolate was left tackle. Cookie. That was yeah. left tackle. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm a fan of this one. This is the, another, we don't know the name of it, but Hershey Kiss pressed down oh, in the middle. Oh, that's a bad one. That is a bad pick. I had that last, literally ranked last on my board. You're an idiot. That's not a very tasty cookie. It's just a Hershey Kiss with a nothing batter. That's why it doesn't even have a name, because it's not that good. But here's the thing. It doesn't even have a name, yet everybody knows what it is, and everyone's familiar with it, because it's just a strong Dude, that is pick. Like, that's what's like left on the table last, and you're just like, all right, I'm kind of hungry. I'll just eat one of those. All right, go ahead. All right. Um, with my second pick, I'm going to take a sugar cookie with sprinkles. Another just solid. Talk about just, boring. Just coming, just hitting them out of the park, right down the pipe, cranking it out of the park. Talk about boring. Oh, man. I got chocolate chip and sugar cookies. I'm set. Talk about boring. Oh, my God. I feel great. All right. I'm going to go here. Draft. I'm going here. Uh, this, is, this is the gingerbread cookie. Ew. That's a gingerbread Ew. cookie. You, Everyone loves knowing, gingerbread men. No, you, you eat an entire gingerbread house. Yeah, this is gingerbread men, gingerbread house. I get all that fun stuff. You don't get any of that. The gingerbread cookie covers all of that. So I'm going to be having a no. whole town full of gingerbread you, houses. You would be a big gingerbread housemaker. Go you ahead. Would. You'd probably do do that, don't you? Go ahead. Now, here's where I get a little exotic. Pfeffernoose. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Pfeffernoose is a great pick. I didn't even know about it. But uh, Rat Boy, oh, Rat Boy, he's back. The name is back. Rat Boy told me about Pfeffernoose. I'm telling you, they're good, dude. I ate about, I swear I ate a dozen Pfeffernai over the weekend. <laughs> and the best part about them, they also suggest you have them with wine. Oh, even better. Even better. Oh, that's dude, a good I'm one. crushing you. All right, so here, I'm at, just, we have Pizzelles and candy canes left. <laughs> And I'm in a tough spot here because I like Pizzelles. I like eating them. They're good. Yeah. But candy cane is, is a... That's a, that's a so, holiday. Yeah. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to really, I'm, gonna, I'm in the Christmas spirit, and I'm going to hang them from the tree. I'm going candy cane oh, to wrap man, it up. I get one of my favorites, Pizzelles, on the last pick. All right, I won. So, Admit it right now, I won. So here we go. Just to recap, I have the peanut butter cookie, the Hershey Kiss in the middle, Terrible. gingerbread town, house cookies, Terrible. and the candy canes. Oh, I have chocolate chip cookie, sugar cookie with sprinkles, pfeffernoose, and Pizzelles. I dominated this draft. This one, just, this one isn't quite as clear as the oh uh, Thanksgiving God, draft, but we want you guys to let us know who you think won. So go ahead and email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net and uh, let us know your favorite Christmas cookie. When you were eating candy canes, or when you do still now, do you? How do you eat it? Do you kind of break off the curved part and put it in your mouth like it's a retainer? Yeah, I, I definitely would do that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. Do you move. also take or bottom other, up or bottom up? Right. Do you also eat it from the bottom and kind of like suck on it until it gets a real sharp pointy point, <laughs> and, and, then, then, and then jab people? and then jab your brothers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great. <laughs> Just move. making sure. Yeah, everyone's sure on the same page here. Uh huh. Oh, but you won't be doing that this year because you don't well, get any candy, candy canes. canes this year. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just talking about how jealous you are of my candy canes. <laughs> I'm good. I'm straight with my chocolate chip. All cookies. right, so do we have anything about football to talk about? Or sure. Or yeah, I wanna... guess there's a big game coming up. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> the Ravens playing this weekend? Yeah. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, and just to make sure everybody's aware, if the Ravens win this game this weekend, that does not clinch the AFC North. They would still most likely have to beat the Bengals in Week 17 which in Cincinnati, which I don't think is a gimme by any means. Right. Now, if the Ravens lose this game, they will not win the AFC North. They are out of the AFC North crown. They could still get in the wild card, but the Miami Dolphins would have to lose both their last two games to the Bills and Patriots. Yeah, and we'll know going into the game on Sunday because the right. Bills and the Dolphins play Saturday. So exactly. we'll know what so the status is. if the Dolphins is. win that game, then the Ravens' only path to the playoffs will be via beating the Steelers and winning the division. Yeah. So it's a big game. So yeah, so no pressure. Obviously. And so I think an interesting thing to think about here, Garrett, is if I told you at the start of the season that the Ravens would essentially be playing for the AFC North title this week, would you be happy with that scenario? Right. I think I would. When you consider the fact that, you know, last year it was a 5-11 and season. So now you're going to come back and you're going to say in week 16, the division's on the, on the line. You got to be happy with that, right? I mean, yeah. of course, in that scenario, you would love the idea that you know you're playing, going into that game at eleven and three, and then you still have a wild card spot, even if you don't win the division. But the Ravens have a chance to win the division and get a home playoff game, and that's they still control that. They don't need any help. I think that you would take that. How could you say? How would you say? Of no. course, it's better than the alternative, right? Like I, I feel like. Right. I think what you're saying is it, it's, it's pretty commendable. I mean, we can all sit here and complain after a win against the Eagles and, and feel, you know, not so great heading into this game maybe because the Steelers are so hot. You know, the Ravens are coming off a near-death experience. Um, but also, on that note, let's not forget that the Steelers almost lost to the Bengals <laughs> yeah. without A.J. Green. They I did. Mean, they couldn't get in the end zone all day, Yeah, practically. They They're needed, what, field goals 15 all field day. goals? Seriously. Uh, so, as much as the Steelers are riding, I think, a five-game win streak or more, uh, they haven't looked good for all of that spam. Just, both these teams are kind of the same. They've each had a four-game losing yep. streak in the middle of the season. They both lost to the uh, Cowboys and the Patriots. Yep. Like, Steelers got blown out by the Eagles. Right. 34-3 early yeah. in the season. So, like... The, but the, anyway, yeah. And they both kind of... We were talking like a month and a half ago about how the AFC North was so down and nobody was emerging. Both the Ravens and the Steelers have played pretty darn good football since then. 
to get to this point. Yeah. So I, I still think there's a very good chance that whoever comes out of the AFC North is going to at least end up in the AFC Championship. I feel pretty strongly about me. that. Yeah, we're not surprised me yeah. one bit. So I think that leads us to <laughs> how much confidence do you have that the Ravens are going to win this game? I don't, I'm not going to go out and say that I feel like it's a gimme, you know, that I'm, I'm super confident that there's no doubt the Ravens could lose this game. I mean, I think it is. The Ravens have won how many straight against they've, they've won four straight. Now, it's always funny, though, when you look at that because people in Baltimore kind of tend to gloss over the fact that one of those games was, was with Michael Vick as a starter, and then this year's game, in Ben yeah, this year's game, Ben had come off missing two games, and it was his first game back from injury, and he really hurried back from that injury. So he wasn't 100%. quite himself yes. in that game. So, like, look, four straight is four straight. You deserve credit where credit's due. But, like, just look at the entire picture there. Um, so I think that the Ravens always play the Steelers tough, no matter where it is. I think that they will go out there and play really, really well. Now, again, how much confidence you have, I think it's going to be – a it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think the Ravens, the thing about it is you never know what can happen in this game. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter. Honestly, it sounds cliche. It means nothing what's happened before or after. Even sometimes who's on the field. I mean, how many times have backups played or whatever? The Ravens beat the Steelers. In this pretty the, much situation last this year. situation, the Steelers came to Baltimore in Week 16 with a chance to win the division and go to the playoffs, and the Ravens beat them with Ryan Mallett and who knows how many backups on the field that day. So, you know, we can talk about Jimmy Smith not being on the field and all that stuff. They beat him with Ryan Mallett and a bunch of backups last year. So let's not forget about that. So it doesn't matter who's on the field, who's playing. This game is going to be a close, highly contested game. And, uh, you know... You just have, I think it's a coin flip. You have no idea who, who can win this game. Yeah, I think also the good thing about this, I think this is the type of game that has the ability to kind of, you know, last time these two teams played, we kind of had, spent all that time talking about is the rivalry not as great as it used to be and all that this stuff. This is a rivalry game. Yeah, like this is one of those. To have a great rivalry, you need to play big games in key situations late in the season, and this is that. Yep. And uh, I think it has the ability to kind of reinvigorate things. Yeah, for and sure. Especially after the Bengals season. They kind of had a down season. Yeah. So it's Ravens Steelers once again, and we love it. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you email us at thelounge at ravens.nfl.net. Tell me how much I kicked Garrett's butt in the Christmas <laughs> cookie no draft. Shot. Uh, and leave us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. We'll be back with you later this week. When we're talking to Ladarius Webb, a great guest. Knows a lot about the Steelers. Yep. Played him a bunch of times. So make sure you tune in later this week. And thank you for listening.